Hey everyone and welcome to the No Kids Allowed podcast. Thank you for coming and checking in on me every week. I totally appreciate it because I'm just sitting here talking your head off and usually I'm waiting for people to stop talking when they see my blank stare or my head cocked to the side with a question mark and they don't get it. But the amount of clicks that I see every week on every episode lets me know that I'm not getting a blank stare. We see each other, okay? (laughs) So thank you for tuning in and welcome back. I hope you all are doing well. You know, we're still in these times and I feel like I have made a mask out of everything possible. A headscarf, a handkerchief, (laughs) I've purchased a mask, I've been sent mask in the mail. So I've gotten a mask from everywhere and I've been donning them outside. I'm waiting on getting like a bedazzled mask or a lace mask. I saw a really cute lace mask and of course it had a liner in it because duh. But I was like, oh, I can't wait to go somewhere and have to wear a mask and be cute with it. You know what I mean? Because I've only been going to the park. Oh, yeah, I've been going to the park because I've been running again. If anybody's out here in Brooklyn, I've been running in Prospect Park, which is about a three and a half mile run. And I got my son to bring his bike and ride alongside me. So he's getting his little exercise while getting vitamin D. And I got my husband to come. Now... If y'all have husbands anything like my husband or partners anything like my partner, then you know how hard it is to get someone who enjoys being in the house. He's a self-proclaimed homebody. So getting him into Prospect Park to do the same amount of, of outdoor activity as me is like so surprising. I bring him up and realize that he's like the topic of conversation today. (laughs) He's the topic of conversation today because today I am talking about marriage during quarantine and he's been on our show before, you know, he had his little debut a couple of episodes ago, but today I'm doing it without him uh, because I'm probably going to talk about him a lot, talk about him behind his back. Not too bad, but you know, a lot more of the good with a little bad sprinkle in there. (laughs) So let's get into today. So I want to start off with letting you know it's probably going to be a tough topic, right? The The toughness comes in the fact that we all have relationships, right? And if you're married, you are, you, you're dealing with the vows, right? You have gotten married underneath these promises, right? These promises that you will stay, what do they tell you to say? They tell you to stay for better or for worse, for sickness and health, for richer, for poorer. Those might be the the three opposites, right? Like you are staying regardless. It don't matter what's going on. You are staying, right? And so within this, We're dealing with COVID that's causing lots of sickness. We're dealing with COVID, which is causing lots of 
poorness, you know, depending on if you lost your job, right? We're dealing with COVID, which is lots of worse, not better. So we're dealing with a lot of the downsides to those vows. And it's not a wonder that so many people, and I don't know if this is memes or jokes, but before COVID, the divorce rate had been, you know, more than 50%. 51 plus percent of marriages end in divorce. And most of them end because of financial inabilities, which has always been surprising to me because people out here cheating and staying. I don't know how I feel about that. Y'all let me know how y'all feel about that. Email me because I, I, I want to get an understanding of of that idea. Like if you cheat on someone, you stay with them or they stay with you. I'm not that grown yet. So <laughs> I don't know how to work that out. But the financial part is is what has been destroying marriages. And so now, dun, 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 walks in COVID, which brings all of these bad things along with it. And it can be no surprise that these marriages are, like people are planning their divorce for after they get out the house, you know, already consulting with lawyers telephonically. It's a little scary. You know, I'm in this house with this man, and my son, he was going to work. I was going to work like every so often. Like we weren't uh, required to go to work every day or to do the full day. So there was a lot of us with us. You know how <laughs> regular life, you could go to work for a full day and then we already had uh, mixed schedules. So I would go to work from about 10 to, I mean, I was at work until about six o'clock and he was at work until about 9 30 at night so a lot of it was on me and you know I can control the household how I wanted you know I can clean the house I can cook what I wanted I can help my son and set the rules that I wanted and when he came home it was really much bedtime for me and my son and then, you know, maybe he and I will have our own time in the morning after he took our son to school. But there wasn't a lot of time that we had to spend together. And sometimes that caused a lot of contention. You know, it's like, if I'm not seeing you, when I do see you, I'm kind of living in a fairy tale. I admit it. I'm kind of expecting this, like, grandiose lust and grandiose love to pour all over me that wasn't the case. We have this little bit of time and we have to figure out bills and figure out responsibilities and figure out, you know, um, how, who's going to be responsible for what. And those are not happy and pleasant conversations. So to now be home, I was like, oh shit, it's going down <laughs> round one. And it really never came. Round one really didn't come. I was expecting for us to be like on each other. You home all day. Why you didn't clean the dishes? You all home all day. Why is this laundry piling up? You home all day. You know, you home all day is a real reason that we argued before. 
you know, if I have a day off or you have a day off, why isn't the house together? Why haven't these things been done? Now we have a whole day, a whole lot of days home (laughs) and things aren't getting done. And it's like, okay, it's fine. We like laying up together and cuddled. I don't know what it is. I, you know what? In retrospect, I could see that being home together makes us want to love on each other more. Realizing that things have to be done, right? Realizing that things have to be done, we could both decide, okay, at six o'clock, we're going to get up. This is six o'clock on a Saturday, so don't judge me. Um, at 6 p.m. on a Saturday, we're finally going to get up because our kid has come in and jumped on the bed a billion times, interrupting our cuddle sessions. But we're going to get up and I'm going to make dinner and you go ahead and, <laughs> and clean up the place so that by the time I make dinner, we can sit and enjoy family time, you know, with our son included. So, yeah, I... I th- I had a lot of feelings. I I really did have a lot of feelings. Um and I'm I'm going to go back a little bit to March whatever that date was, March 17th, March 16th. I think that's what it was. March 16th is when the children were told they don't have to go to school anymore until April 20th. That was a fucking bam boozle. I just want to put that out there. Um <laughs> March 16th is when the children were told they didn't have to go to school anymore until April 20th. Then I went to work on March 17th. That was a Tuesday. March 18th, they told us that we don't necessarily have to come back to the office. We're going to transition to working from home. And I remember my feelings about it. You know, I I remember like, having these feelings and I think I said this in the email if you guys got this I I remember having feelings of damn I'm gonna be home with like my my child (laughs) and Prince had taken that Monday off well we all had taken that Monday off uh when the children were told to stay home and then he had taken that Tuesday off and Wednesday off because I went into work. And we didn't know what we were going to do as far as like juggling it. Like, obviously, he has to go back into work at some point. And we didn't know what we were going to do. But when I finally did get the message that I was going to be staying home, I kind of had a mixed feeling like, okay, finally, I can tell him go ahead back to work so that I'll stay home with Mason. But then knowing that I'll be home, I want to see adults. I want to see other adults and not him. Sorry for the transparency. I want to see other adults and not him. This is my husband. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with him, right? I'm going to see other people when I come to work. I, I get to have conversations about other things when I come to work. I get to get some different faces just walking to work during my commute. And now I'm going to be home with our five-year-old and I'm just going to see him as he comes in and out. And guess what? I'm going to be in the house cleaning and cooking 
and homeschooling and still working. And he strolls in. These are all my thoughts. He's going to stroll in from work and I would have done everything and I would probably chew his head off. He could say hello. Hey, babe, how how'd the day go? I would just get him. <laughs> you know, I had already thought this in my mind because this was sort of our routine. You know, me going to work every day, I still handled a lot of the wifely duties. I don't want to bring us all back to the 1950s. I'm I'm not trying to take us back there, okay? <laughs> uh, but when you think of wifely duties... Even though it's 2020, there are things that we can all agree are known as wifely duties. Whether you and your husband share it or not, they, they are known as wifely duties. I'm with you. I'm a revolutionary. Okay? I'm with you. Don't come at me. Okay? But, <laughs> but those were my feelings. Like leading up to this point that I found out that I would be working from home, I thought that that was the worst thing ever for my relationship. I thought that it would mean everything falls on my shoulders. And because I would be home doing more of the the home life while he goes to work, I would essentially hate him. Right. And so few words. But <laughs> quarantine kind of canceled my routine, I have to admit. I'm already a late riser. I know people who wake up at 5 o'clock every morning, who wake up at 6 o'clock every morning. And I wake up, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at, yeah, I wake up maybe 8.30, 8.45. And that was happening pretty much before COVID, right? Um, because, no, I can't say that, actually, because I would get up, I would go to the gym, or I would get up and make breakfast, and my kid has to be at school at 8 o'clock. So I was up before then. But I would get back in bed or get back in a lounge mode because I would end up on the couch before getting ready for work. But now I'm waking up, like, 8.45. I'm sleeping in with my son. You know, I don't wake him up because... If he has schoolwork, the teacher gets it during, you know, she gets it throughout the day. The pictures are sent like two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, whenever the work is finished. So I'm not, I'm not rushing him to get up and I'm not jumping up to do anything for anyone because there's no way to go, y'all, right? So that routine of getting up and making breakfast, that's already been canceled. Then the routine of like getting out of the house, you know, you know, that adrenaline that rushes you throughout the house. All right, got to make your coffee. Oh, don't forget your lunch bag. Oh, which shoes are you going to wear? Oh, it's going to rain today. Pack an umbrella. Like that adrenaline is gone. The routine is canceled. There's still certain things that we do by certain times, but with the Zoom meetings that I have scheduled, with the Microsoft team meetings that I have scheduled, the trainings online that I have scheduled, they happen at such various times that I'm like, okay, Mason, let's take a break. Let's like go ahead and play with your wrestlers. Go ahead, play with your action figures. I'm going to decompress for a second and then I'm going to jump back onto my call 
and you do this assignment. Like it really goes by a day-to-day schedule. There's no routine. Routines are dead. But that has what that has been what has made this quarantine marriage. <laughs> That's what it is, a quarantine marriage. That has kind of what's made it nice. My husband comes home in the middle of the day and he comes home and we're like still in our pajamas. <laughs> breakfast is half eaten. Like we, we haven't rushed to finish our breakfast. And so he comes home and I'll probably whip something up real quick. And then like we chill. Everything is chill. That's what has happened. Because there's no routine and because there's no rush and because there's no rhyme to, or reason to our schedules, our daily schedules, there has been no rush and things have been chill. So he gets this chill woman. I get this chill man. Like, you would think we're smoking bud in the house. I promise you we are not smoking any marijuana. I don't even have (laughs) any CBD gummies. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, there's nothing that's making me calm down. But because uh, there's nothing to really, like, have to rush to, I'm just chill. Yeah. <laughs> Let me not make fun of any surfer guys in Venice Beach because I was about to do that that chill voice. But the quarantine has canceled the routine, but somehow made things better. Because we don't have a routine, I'm not as on pins and needles. I'm not on... I'm not rushing my family. I'm not yelling at my family. You know, earlier when I was given that example of, oh, it's going to rain, pack an umbrella. It doesn't really come out like that usually. Don't you know it's going to rain, pack an umbrella? That's more (laughs) like how I sound. Um, You know, breakfast half eaten and still being nibbled on at 1030 in the morning. Definitely wouldn't fly during the school year when school was in session it would be like, take your last bite because you are eating too slow. Like, you hear the tone? I turn into robo. I, like, I don't know. I turn into Medusa, basically. And so they're not getting that. They're, they're getting the mommy is laying down right now. Leave me alone. That's the most tension that they get in my voice. Um because when I do lay down, I want to lay down. Don't bother me. <laughs> but yes, it's really chill. It's really chill. And because it's so chill, we have been lounging a, a lot, right? So we can't all lounge in a bed. We can't all lounge on the couch. We can't all lounge together because... I like him to hold me this way. He's like, my arm is falling asleep. My son doesn't lounge at all. I'm going to leave my son out of this because it's just me and my husband, right? But we found like spaces in our house that have become our kind of spaces. He goes into our spare bedroom. I don't see him maybe for an hour. He comes out. He'll like come into the, you know, our bedroom where we sleep. I'll be there. Maybe I'm at my desk working on something or maybe I'm laying across our bed and he'll like kiss me 
say what's up, and then go back to his quarters. <laughs> you know, sometimes we'll be like, let's watch a movie together. I remember at the very beginning of quarantine, of course, we binged Tiger King. But having our own space allows us to separate and come back, separate and come back. We don't have to be funky together. You go to your funky area, I go to my funky area. (laughs) And when we want to be together, we come together. But we need that space because, again, when we were working, we had a place to go to away from each other. We had a, a place to talk away from each other. People to talk to outside of each other. And that part probably needs to stay uh, consistent so that we we don't fall into, you know, why are you always hogging the covers, you know, nitpicking while we're on top of each other. While I'm in the bedroom alone, I can, you know, decide whether I want to go into his space. I'll go, you know, chill a little bit and then go back to my own space. We'll find something to binge watch together you know, we eat dinner together, we eat meals together, but space is good. Surprisingly, it's been good. Uh, I know I said I was going to leave Mason out of this, but Mason has taken over the living room. We we both agree. Me and Prince agree. Mason has taken over the living room. It now has... <laughs> We recently got a basket. Actually, this basket was from Mother's Day. They took me on a little picnic. And this basket is so cute. If you can imagine a basket that goes next to your couch, maybe you put your throw pillows in there or your extra throw blankets in there, Um, you know, if you lived in a magazine. But in real life, the basket is used for Mason's toys. The toys that he uses every day goes into that basket Because those toys that he uses every day stay in the living room. He has wrestlers and dinosaurs and superheroes. And they just go in and out of the basket. Because when we clean the living room at night, we're like, why bother putting these back in his room? When every day he brings about 20 toys into the living room. 20 might be under. He brings about 30, 40 toys into the living room. Let's leave these in here. So he has a basket. He dumps the basket. He has snacks. They're all over the dining table, which is, you know, part of the living room. There's Lego pieces in there that he has built on the TV console. And it's just his because we have given up. We we decided you can have it. (laughs) Yes, you have your own bedroom, but you can now have the living room. Keep it. Keep it. We don't even want it back. So uh, even Mason has his own space. And I think that space is it w- is what also attributes to the calm in the house. You know, knowing that he's going to destroy whatever space he's in, it doesn't flare my anxiety. I don't know if I told you guys this, but I can calm myself down by cleaning. Every day I make my bed, it makes me calm. And no one can get on the bed until... I decide to get on the bed. So, <laughs> so like if I see a wrinkle in the bed and I haven't gotten in the bed yet, I'm like, who got on the bed? <laughs> um, but for the most part, I like to make it and make it look nice. And, you know, a clean room actually makes me very calm. So 
I've kind of relinquished that room and that has surprisingly made me calm as well. Being out of that room, uh, that living room where Mason is, makes me calm or walking into it and seeing all his toys. I'm just like, I'll clean it up later. You have to do that during this time. You just have to. There's no way that your children... Anyway, this is not about children. Spaces. Give each other space. Give me my space. Give me 50 feet. Nini said it best. (laughs) Give me 50 feet. That's it. Yeah. Marriage during quarantine. I, I think that for us, we haven't had any tangible loss. I know a lot of people who have unfortunately been affected by COVID and they've lost loved ones or they've lost a job or they've, they've lost something. We haven't lost anything. No, no brag, no brag, not at all. I want to say that the fact that we haven't lost anything makes me feel like something is missing. Like, what is going on? We haven't lost anything. Something is missing. We haven't lost anything. I don't feel any affect of this pandemic other than, you know, living vicariously through friends and and people who have lost and being a support to them. That's all, right? But something still felt missing. And so what we ended up doing is asking these questions like what do you what do you miss most about pre-quarantine <laughs> you know or what do you want to do post-quarantine and that's when we realize oh that's what's missing like the idea of a future or the memory of a past that actually meant or actually included going in and out having a life those are the types of things that we're missing so that's kind of been incorporated into our our conversations. Like, let's talk about plans. What what do we want to do? Or, hey, you know when we were doing this and it wasn't working? Like, I think when this is all over, we should try it this way. The fact that we're collaborating on some type of future together brings us a little bit closer. It you know, we have ample time. We have nothing but time right now. So we have time to really see it for what it was. One of the examples, of course, is where the hell are we going to live? My dad came over and he was asking, why do you want to leave? Why do you want to leave? We live in a family house. He's not, my dad isn't living here anymore. So he wants us to stay in this house. It is literally falling apart. Um, the shower head broke the other day, like (laughs) literally falling apart. I mean it. The ceiling fell, two ceilings fell, by the way, we had to get both of them fixed. So every five seconds we're patching something up, but these patches are more like putting a bandaid on a bullet wound. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense because the patch is going to fall apart and maybe next time it'll be worse. So we keep saying we have to get our own And looking into this future together really allows us to make a plan. You know, before we were both working and realizing that or not realizing that we would talk about this, but not really plan. You know, I'm going to work every day. You're going to work every day. You would come. He would come home and I would say, 
the ceiling fell, right? He was, we were actually both home when the ceiling fell. But for example, the ceiling fell, we need to move. That would be the type of conversation that we have. Like the shower head broke, we need to move. (laughs) And there would really be no plan that followed it. But now there's more discussion. I can't say that there's a plan. I cannot say that just, just yet. Um, because a plan actually has numbers and dates and, and, and different, you know, parts of it that, that are written out and thought out. So there is no plan, but there is more discussion and less panic behind the statement. So it's not so-and-so broke. We got to move. I hate it here. You know, it's more like, where would you be happy with moving? Why do you want to move there? Did you look into certain jobs there? You know, so there's more discussion around it. I think that those who have had tangible loss can still have these conversations because a loss would propel these conversations. Like you lost your job, you definitely have to talk about where you would be working next. That's inevitable, right? Unless you're staying home forever. (laughs) I doubt it. We live in America, 2020. If you're listening from outside of America, I'm pretty sure where you live still cannot sustain on a one income household unless one of y'all is making bank. And if so, let me know what field of work that is because I will go get another degree and apply for the job, okay? (laughs) Um... But for the most part, you are talking about future plans and the collaboration that this time has brought about in my relationship, I'm sure it can work for your relationship. You know, there's so much time I'm thinking about how I'm going to to stretch No Kids Allowed into different arenas. I actually made an ebook. I think I told y'all guys about this uh, maybe a week or two ago. <laughs> so just digging back into my writing is amazing. And I realized I might want to take this into some writing. I might want to like expound on another dream that I've had. And so everything has become so planful during this time. And if you're with a partner, then planning together is what brings hope into the dynamic of the relationship. And I I think that that can make things go really well. This is not anti-divorce guidance, okay? (laughs) Anyone who has already contacted the lawyer, anyone who has already file the paperwork. Anyone who has like, don't look to me. I'm just letting you know that for some reason, the quarantine has been a positive in this relationship. The quarantine has created a different vibe for the two of us that I'm noticing. And (laughs) The other day, still talking about this loss, the other day he actually mentioned it. He said, I said to him, why do you think, like, we haven't been at each other's throats? Why are we getting along so well? Like, it's two months in. 
no argument like what's good (laughs) and he said well we haven't faced adversity and I wondered if that is true you know again we haven't had any tangible loss so if we had in uh, any adversity to face would be we be at each other's throats I, I don't know we haven't been there yet so I don't know I don't know tell me if if you have been at your spouse's or your partner's throat don't you don't got to give me all the juice don't got to give me all the tea but tell me is it because you might have faced adversity I'm curious to know I should do a study I should do a a, a survey Tell me, I'm I'm curious. Speaking about the future. Okay, so what propelled this particular episode? I have to tell you. I have to tell you. I don't want you to think that this came out of thin air. Somehow, some way on my YouTube popped up Divorce Court with Judge Lynn Tola. Have you guys ever seen that? Anyway, so it popped up on my YouTube as a suggested video and I now probably have seen 100 episodes. Don't judge me. Don't judge. 100 episodes. Each episode is about 20 minutes. I don't know. When I'm cooking, when I'm cleaning, I put it on. I watch it on my phone. Uh, It'll be close by and they're in court figuring out if they want to save the marriage, if they should go forward with marriage, or if they should go ahead and get a divorce if they already married. And y'all, these are some entertaining couples. They are funny. But there is so much underlying truth to what happens in their marriage and what happens in every marriage I can imagine. Because I can't be the only person who relates to the people who are discussing their intimacy issues or their financial issues or their connectivity issues um, or their differences with the way they raise and discipline their children. I can't be the only one that relates to these people on the show. So watching the show, I'm like, wow, these are real problems. I experienced something like this. And sometimes I have to say, wow, thankfully it's not that bad. (laughs) Um, More than that, though, I'm often saying, girl or guy, whoever is coming to complain about their wedding, I mean, about their marriage. I'm like, y'all, it is not that serious. Been through that, got through it, got a T-shirt, you know, (laughs) I I survived. Um, So don't even come on national television complaining about it. Um, But what I do enjoy out of that show is that Judge Lynn Tola, I think that's her name. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. But she gives lots of information, lots of gems. She just sprinkles them on there. And she asks a question all the time. And I I want to be able to sit back and answer this question. And I think that if you're listening, it would be a great question to ask ask and answer with your partner she asks if she could wave her magical wand and she picks up the what is that thing the gablet the gamble the gamble gamble, whatever she picks up she says if she could change one thing about the partner who is complaining what would it be and it gives 
one person an opportunity to really funnel down what they're complaining about. I realized that a lot of times I was complaining about things that don't necessarily need major change. I mean, I can't go on national TV and say, I wish he would just pick up all his socks that he leaves on the side of the bed. Like, that is something he does. But should I really complain about that? You know, and I think that that's what this time has also brought. Like, maybe I'm not complaining and I'm so chill because it's not a big deal. Do I want to spend the whole 24 hours that we're about to have together in this house complaining about these socks? You know, if not, then what is the one thing that you are wanting a change, wanting to change? Okay, so if it's not the socks, then I wish he would take the garbage out on time. I mean, is that is that reason to get divorced? No, right? So I'm not going to say that either. These are all discussions that can be had within the household. But I realized when I wasn't as clear as I am now, these are discussions that I might have had with, you know, a confidant. Like, he doesn't take the garbage out on time. Or I would have been fussing at him. You don't take the garbage out on time. Is it really something to complain about? Seriously? No, it's not. So, binge-watching Divorce Court... (laughs) might be therapeutic for your relationship just as much as it's been for mine. <laughs> for mine. And in no way is Judge Lentola sponsoring this because I could hardly say her name. But I realized that watching it has made me a little bit more great grateful for what I have. I mean, it's people out there, y'all. It's people out there. And... I'm wondering how these people, the same type of guests on her show, or ha- are handling this quarantine because they were complaining about some things. I think someone got so upset that this woman has stayed at work that he followed her to work or he showed up at her job and jumped on the car and broke the. And when she got into the car, he. He raced to the car, he jumped on it, and he broke her car door handle. I mean, obviously, these are extreme cases. (laughs) But it happens. These types of things make you so upset that, that this is how you're treating your partner. It's not going down like that at the household of Milfie C. And in her family, because we are chill it's it's a real chill moment over here because of all of these things. We are giving each other space. We are talking about the future. We are not letting routine make, make us anxious. And I think I think that we're not having any expectations, right? We're not having any expectations because expectations also lead to argument. If I'm expecting something and you haven't expressed that you are willing to fulfill that expectation, it's almost like just start counting down to the argument, right? Five, four, three, two. 
these expectations sometimes lead us down a wrong path. Because why are you having these expectations? Who said? I don't know. I'm glad that, that everything is going well. But I get to show my real self and I get to show my work side. I think that there's a lot of appreciation and there's a lot of appreciation in my husband's, you know, um, witnessing of me do my work. He sees me during conferences. He sees me on the phone with clients and now he can actually gain a respect for what I do. Anyway, if I could give you some tips... And I'm not Iyanla or whatever other God you might have. But I just want you to acknowledge that change is happening or change has happened. If you haven't acknowledged it already, acknowledge that change has happened and don't tiptoe around it. During COVID, if someone has experienced loss, that is going to bring about lots of change. If they've gotten sick, if they've lost their employment, if things are just not going well, acknowledge that that change is happening. Don't tiptoe around it. Make a plan for it. What I think a plan looks like is is talking about what should be done. And I said, drop the routine, right? That's worked for me. But maybe you need to pick up a routine or pick up a ritual. One of the things that I read and how to strengthen a marriage with or without quarantine (laughs) is create a ritual like my husband was going to work every day every morning I would receive a good morning text he has to be at work at 7 a.m I don't know when he leaves the house I am still asleep I am in that REM sleep I'm not thinking about anything (laughs) thinking about anyone I'm in that REM sleep So finally, when I get up, maybe around nine, I get this text message and it's beautiful, you know, so I know that he's thinking about me and now I'm thinking about him. When he comes home, he might have a meal waiting or a snack. I like to make him fruit bowls, you know, so I'll dice up the pineapple, I'll dice up the the cantaloupe and the kiwi, you know, he enjoys that. And it's still a surprise to him, just like the surprise comes to me when I see this good morning text. So creating a ritual might be something for you. Of course, if there's negative change, a text message might not do it. You know, you might have to create something that strengthens you a little bit more. Creating a time, you know, uh, uh, or carving out some time. This is our lunchtime. We need to have lunch together. We need to sit at the dining table and and look each other face to face because we need to feel that connection again. That might be what some what, what what works for you. Um a thing that we have been doing like I said is going on these walks. It's something for us. It's new. It allows us to enjoy something together and accomplish something together. You know, as I mentioned, we like our space. I'm lounging in my bedroom. He's in the guest room and Mason is in the living room. But we don't want to be lazy always. 
all day. <laughs> so we finally get to accomplish something together. I would also say if if you want to survive this time, just be nice. You got to be nice. Whatever has been eating Gilbert grape, got to let it go. And if you're not going to let it go, practice in the mirror how you're going to bring it to the other person and be nice about it. You're going to sit in the house, argue all day, all day. Because how do arguments really end? I mean, usually someone leaves. No one's leaving during this time. (laughs) Y'all just going to be arguing all day. No, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. And killing more, not killing more, getting more bees with honey than vinegar. I mean, is that the saying? I don't know if that's the saying or not. But but if it is, then you know what I mean. Be nice. Talk. Anyway, those are my tips. I think that acknowledging change, creating some sort of ritual within your relationship and being nice are the three things that are going to keep people together and get people through this hard time. And you can extend those things amongst your family, amongst your friends, outside of your marriage, because all of our relationships, whether they're friend relationships, co-worker relationships, relationships with your aunt, your uncle, whatever it is, they rely on those three principles anyway. Acknowledgement, um, r- ritual, and, and, and niceness. Uh, I'm going to pick my MOM. Obviously, I talked about her. Judge Lynn Toller. <laughs> she is a mom. I learned that from the show. She has six boys. I don't think she has any daughters, but those six boys qualify her as a mom. And she's a boy mom, so that's why I'm picking her as well. But I've watched enough of her show to know that she's a dope mom. And she's a dope wife. And she's probably surviving quarantine and I can't wait to end this podcast and go watch another episode. <laughs> All right. Um, I want for you guys to look for an email that's coming. And if you're not getting my emails, then go ahead and find me somewhere. If you go on my Instagram at no kids allowed, Oh, sorry. No kids allowed pod then you'll see a link where you can get onto the subscription list. And so those emails are coming out. I hope they're touching somebody. Sometimes I give you an opportunity to reply, but if there isn't a button there to reply, just hit reply and I will get the emails. You can send me anything you want, questions, comments, Uh, send me your mom feels because I definitely enjoy sharing them on here. Uh, As embarrassing as they are, uh, I think that they're helpful to so many of us letting us realize that it is not that bad. Somebody is doing crazy things to their children as well. (laughs) And they're still good parents. Um, But get on that subscription list because I have a new project coming to you. Um, I think I'm going to release it sometime before this month ends, which is in just a couple of days. 
So you don't want to miss out on that. Um, anyway, catch me if you can. I'll be on Instagram at no kids allow pod. I'll be on Gmail at no kids allow pod at gmail.com. And you can slide in my DM on the no kids allow pod Instagram or my personal Instagram at milfy C with just two E's. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next time.